Hi, I'm Gerds Hundle, acclaimed health journalist, turned motivational speaker and transformational coach. This show is for anyone who wants to lead a happier, healthier and inspired life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can become a soul warrior. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Get Inspired with Gerds podcast. I'm your host and today I have an inspirational guest with me who is an absolute beautiful soul and is helping people to shine their inner light and follow their life's calling. Rebecca Campbell is a best-selling author, spiritual teacher, ground spiritual mentor and soulful guide. She is the best-selling author of Light is the New Black and it's a book I absolutely adore and guys I would definitely check that out because if any of you are kind of stuck about thinking about where you're heading or what your soul's purpose is, this book will definitely help you to kind of almost start to sprinkle the seeds and trust in yourself. Rebecca has guided thousands of women to listen to their callings of their soul and create a life that is completely aligned to them. She believes we can all tap into our creativity and lead from a place that is authentic and filled with light. Rebecca, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show and thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Really happy to be here with you. Oh, bless you, Rebecca. Well, your story really interests me because the background that you came from and now the work that you do, it's really powerful. So could you tell the listeners what your life was like before you became a spiritual teacher? (laughs) For sure. Um, Well, I think as a young child, I was always really drawn to anything to do with the soul and spirituality. But to be honest, like I grew up in uh, a family and, you know, a society where like with my school and my friends and all of that, where no one else seemed to be very interested in it. So I kind of created a bit of a spiritual closet early on. I had my first awakening, like a significant one where I really started being fascinated by past lives, etc. When I was around about 13. Um, And yeah, and then within a couple of years, I just decided to pretty much create a bit of a double life (laughs) because (laughs) I'd be going to these like workshops and loving all of that but also just it just didn't fit in with my normal life which Mm. you know I was really grounded loved sport did um you know was going to parties and hanging out with boys and all of that (laughs) kind of stuff so it just like didn't match it was like these two separate lives almost Mm. and so I went into what I call a spiritual closet (laughs) and um yeah, so like in my spare time, I'd be like inhaling everything that I could because it just interests me so much. And I was always a writer and loved just like sharing. I remember being, you know, on on um, road trips, and that's when I heard my soul's voice the most. And I I just love those moments where you're just looking out the window, and then I, I I would receive what I call now it's like soul whispers, like the voice of your intuition, and sometimes mm. even even create creativity whether it's through words or poems or whatever form and so I always had that but uh and I I very much had this like niggle where I'm like oh I know that there is there is I I knew that my work was a big part of what I wanted to contribute to the world and I very much I was I was very much like oh I just I just want to do something I want to contribute I want to make the world a better place that that was 
always in me. Mm. Um, and so what I decided to do was um, go undercover as a light worker and go into media where oh, um, wow. it'd be like I looked at like all of the messages that were bombarding people. And I was like, oh, I can just like put put positive energy in there. And so that was like secretly what I was trying to do. But to be honest, I look back now and it was amazing training for me. Like I learned so much. I was a copywriter in advertising, uh, a creative. So coming up with ideas constantly, really learning the craft of writing, mm. really understanding media, understanding brands and all of that. And it was so fun and such a great industry, but also it, uh, I was, I was exhausted all the time and yeah. I knew it wasn't in alignment with the work that I really came here to do. And yeah, but I, when I look back now, I, I, I said to myself, I'm like, Oh no, this is what I'm, I'm like, I'm definitely in the right industry or whatever. But really I was just scared to do what I do now. Yeah. I was scared that I'd, I just didn't feel ready. I was waiting until I turned like 40 and my life fell apart before wow. I actually stepped out and did the work I did do now. I just wanted to so, say, Rebecca, like, yeah. I, I totally relate with where you're coming from because I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life being a journalist. And it's like, I love mm-hmm. media, I love the industry, but I found that the energy was so heavy. Yeah. And Yeah, totally. It, and it is. And also, like it's a really exciting industry. Like yeah. there was many industries like that, but I find there's so many of us who, who ended up getting training in communication, yeah. which I really don't think that that's a coincidence. Like <laughs> you with your journalist background, like what a perfect training to now go and do the work you do now. Like clearly like just interviewing podcasts, for example, like what a brilliant training. And I think that for many of us who are drawn into into the media and communications and all of that it's like we're learning these brilliant skills Mm -hmm. and other industries as well which we which are never wasted and it can feel like when you have that knowing and I'm not sure when it started for you but (laughs) it was probably a good five years before I made the leap that I finally I was kind of like very slowly admitting that this life that I'd consciously created, this career I'd consciously created just wasn't in alignment with, with like who I was at soul level really. And that was, to be honest, that's the hardest thing I've ever done. It was very, because for me, my career was, um, you know, and it sounds funny saying this, but my whole life I was like, no, my work is what I'm here for. (laughs) And it (laughs) would always be my number one really truly and I know that like you shouldn't say that but it's true it was and so for me actually admitting that and and kind of getting to the point where I'm like whoa this career that I really consciously created and I put everything into I'm gonna have to walk away from it and that was really difficult for me because because especially because what I was being called to do was so categorically different. (laughs) Like I remember when I was just like, how am I going to do this? And, and I remember coming up with like an elevator pitch before I left the industry. And I really encourage people to do this, particularly when you're telling people, whether it's in your industry or if it's just like family and friends, um, what you're doing it's like you know if I was to say oh I'm I'm leaving advertising to do Akashic Records soul readings (laughs) like they would be like 
who are you and I don't even know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) So what I ended up saying, which was true, um, was that I've always had um, this urge to write books Mm. and there is a topic I'm really fascinated in. It's it's in the self-development world and spirituality. And, yeah, I feel like if I don't give myself this opportunity now to write it, I'll always regret it. And so having that elevator pitch helped me so much because, you know, it it made sense because I had been training as a copywriter and as a creative. And so to then go and write a book is not so left field. And then it was like not so much about the content as it was about, you know, me just following a dream that I had. And the interesting thing with this, and this is why I encourage people to do it, get that elevator pitch right because you don't have to tell everyone everything. I was so worried that people were going to be like, oh, my gosh, like she's gone crazy and (laughs) ruined my reputation and all of that. But what ended up happening, because I said it just with conviction and, and excitement and inspiration really, what happened was people didn't really care so much about what I was doing and instead they just respond and be like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. Or I want to travel here. This is what I want to do. And so it, it actually wasn't about me at all. (laughs) So yeah, that's the best advice I could give for for someone who is really feeling called to do something, which is categorically different from the reputation that they've built up, like just work Mm. out the best way to just kind of like sum it up in a sentence and you don't have to tell every single bit of the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? I totally relate because I was, when I had that transformation, it was like I was toying between being a journalist, doing the work that I do now. And it was Mm. like, I was being torn apart. (laughs) Yeah. It took me actually to be made redundant to actually wake Mm -hmm. up. (laughs) Well, you know, like you're not alone. It's such a common thing to happen. You know, it's, um, whether it's being made redundant or different parts of your life just kind of being ripped apart in a way. It's like there's a a card in the tarot deck um, where it's called the tower. I don't know if you've got that before, but there was a period of my life I I would do my tarot cards every week hoping I'd get a different card every single (laughs) week. It's that one. (laughs) And the thing about that card is that it's about – it's like everything is crumbling. Everything mm. that you once kind of like looked to as safety is actually crumbling. It's like the falling so that the deck can be cleared so that what is new and wanting to rise in you can rise in you. And I think this is the thing in our society and God, certainly me, we 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 want to be blooming all year round we want to be like on and doing the right thing constantly you know but actually and particularly industries like the communication industry your media it's like deadline after deadline after deadline and so but if we look at say the seasons of nature it's teaching us how to be human constantly right how to be souls having a human experience in the sense of like yeah there there's spring and summer where it's like lots of things blooming and rising and and being in our best and then comes autumn which where I am in the world at the moment in London I'm looking out my door and it's just leaves falling constantly (laughs) and that's you know the reminder that it's like okay maybe it's time to let those things go Mm. that are no longer in alignment and then winter will come and that's 
I think for me anyway, it's the worst season because it's like, (laughs) and I'm talking metaphorically as well, because it's like, it's when everything is like those things have been let go. And, and like for you, maybe it's like when you did become made redundant, then it's like, Oh God, what now? You know, but it's actually in that desolation of, of nothingness in a way Mm. where it feels like nothing new will bloom. And for me, that was experiencing grief, like the loss of like really dear people to me, Mm. where it was like that aloneness, that kind of like, and the thing about that word alone, it's like, if you add another L, it's all one, you know? And so it's like Mm. such a tender, tender, um, line between the two and if you allow yourself to have the winter to have the rock bottom then it's only it's inevitable that before you know it spring will come and new ideas will sprout and and inspiration will come and opportunities will come and then you'll go into summer and then again here we go (laughs) so I think that's one of the most challenging Mm. things it certainly has been for me absolutely relate with you like everything after I was made redundant even to be honest before it my life was to be honest Rebecca it was a toxic mess my life Mm. Um, but my my career was like on track but my personal life was a mess and then it took Mm. me to have that that fall and have um have that redundancy then everything just kind of like you said actually went like messy um like I had a cancer scare and like I thought I was gonna die and all these things were happening and like and it was like a build-up but it was when it got to like you're right actually when it got to about spring that's when it started to heal and that's when everything started to race the surface and I began to learn how to use healing techniques just by trusting my intuition and yeah you're right actually the year after everything just shifted (laughs) that's amazing Mm, that's I, I love the way you kind of said all that <laughs> um, so you know you, you you left your job and then mm-hmm. you went down this route so you know now you're a spiritual teacher so how are you helping people to answer their soul's kind of calling oh well I mean lots of different ways um so like through books so I've got two books Laddies in New Black and Rise Sister Rise um I've got like online courses a membership site called the Rise Sister Rise Sisterhood mm-hmm. where I do like soul journeys and meditations and lots of different things like that each month and then also like workshops and events I love working with people in that way and I think with my work what it all comes down to is really providing the space for uh, anyone to tune into the wisdom of their own soul because you know it's our intuition which is constantly whispering and guiding us but you know in the middle of our busy, messy, chaotic lives, which so many of us have. Like I like I don't I don't want my life to be this like peaceful um you know, meditation room. That's not the the life I'm here to, to live and mm. most of us aren't. You know, we're not necessarily here to be Buddhist monks. But you know, it's it, in order to hear that that intelligent whisper of our soul, which is to me, the, the the intuition is is the part of us which is linked to the rest of life, like the intelligent force which tells the planet to spin, which tells tulips when to bloom versus roses when to bloom, that brings the, the tides in, that causes the moon to wax and wane. That same intelligent force is within us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I see my role and my work uh, – really in providing tools and, and, and inspiration and, um, 
yeah, just the space really for us to surrender back into that and to really, you know, one phrase I use a lot is work your light, which is at the end of each chapter of Light is the New Black. And that's like really soul inquiry questions. And the reason I say work your light is because, you know, it's, I, I find a lot in like in spirituality and meditation and stuff. It's like, you know, in order to hear our connect with our spirit it's all quite fluffy it can be anyway (laughs) but in my experience developing a relationship with your soul isn't fluffy at all and it's it's like you know just like if you if you need to go to the gym if you want to have six pack you've got to (laughs) go to the gym and do a lot of Mm sit-ups now I'm not that committed to having a six pack so I don't do that every day (laughs) but if I really was I know that I would have to work you know and so um it doesn't mean that you have to like spend four hours a day but it's like carving out a little chunk of time to to really be with and and hear the voice of your soul your intuition because the more that you do that and the more dedicated you are towards doing that the easier it is to hear it and the louder the voice gets the inner voice gets and so yeah I feel I'm really passionate about helping people develop that relationship because I really feel that that it's the best relationship we can have and it's it's definitely the one that we should invest the most in because it's like if we have that it's like that is constantly guiding us every moment of every day I love that (laughs) that that, that's amazing my dear and definitely I think it's so important that we do need to trust our intuition a lot of us I guess when we go into like the busy world of work we kind of lose that don't we yeah totally the busy world of anything (laughs) you know (laughs) like this is the challenge of, of being like having the human experience it's like gosh like relationships are just like well we know that they're the number one way to learn and grow Mm. you know and it's impossible not to get triggered (laughs) and so like I really feel that you know it's easy to look at teachers and and you know read books and stuff and 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 feel like there is this final destination that we need to get to Mm. when it comes to enlightenment and spirituality and stuff but in my experience it's actually it's not a linear line rather it's a spiral and and the more you honor the wisdom of your soul and 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 the more work you do on yourself it doesn't mean that you stop bad stuff happening or or challenge challenges arising like the challenges are how we grow I remember my teachers telling me that if you're not uncomfortable you're probably not growing so I don't think that that it's possible to to avoid like just to wrap yourself in this cotton wool ball <laughs> because um you you won't be truly living you know in order to live a heart-led life it takes courage and what courage is only possible with fear you know and so it's like it's like actually when you're doing this work and dedicated to to doing this work what happens is is that we we recover quicker so when we yeah. do it's inevitable that people in our life will will leave whether it's through death or relationships changing mm-hmm. but when we have this deeper connection with our own soul then 
and 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 you know get to really deeply know ourselves what happens is that we're not sidelined and and flawed every time it happens you know we're able to come back to center quicker mm. I had a random like visualization then <laughs> as you were talking um mm. I kind of obviously like a snake you know how a snake sheds its skin it's kind mm-hmm. of like we're always shedding a little bit more like more and more yeah. to get closer to who we are well exactly exactly and so yeah it's 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 about you know a lot of mystics talk about our true self like with the capital s as being Mm. just so perfect and we're born that way and our and and we know that like you just have to look at a baby and you're like whoa (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so our our job I think, or end our challenge is to, to, to find our way back to that mm. while embracing life fully. Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, it's, and, and that, that's the paradox and that's the tragedy and the magnificence of being human. <laughs> <laughs> I find it's all when you, when you just find that inner child, you like set it free. You just, you feel a lot lighter as well and you kind of just don't care yeah. what anyone else thinks. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So Mada, I just wanted to ask you a bit more about your book, um, Light is the New Black. Could you tell us more about that? Sure. So it's a guide to answering your soul's callings and working your light. Mm. And so it really is, it's a, it's a book for anyone who is like either – my life feels stuck and I don't know what to do. <laughs> that it's a great book for that. It's also a great book for, for anyone who has this niggle and it's like, oh, I know I'm here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter whether or not you found that, the reason I call it soul callings rather than calling is that, you know, if you found your soul calling, this book still is for you because in my experience, mm-hmm. the soul is always calling. And it's jam-packed full of, like, such great exercises. Like, I call them soul inquiries. Um, (laughs) Like I said before, it's like the work your light exercises at the end of most chapters where it's like you – if you, like, do the book properly, like, you will get clear, clear guidance. And, and, I mean, you've read it, right? I love it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Did you – what did you experience in the book? See, after I finished with the book, it kind of, like, it cleared everything. So, like, I kind of already knew where I was heading. But like you said, like, I already Mm. kind of know my soul's purpose and, like, my calling. But it helped me to become even more clearer and define things Mm. more um, shortened. In like, like, I think I had, like, a bazillion ideas in my head. But it really helped me to bring it down to, like, a small amount. And, like, now I see how everything links together. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love that. I mean, yeah, I, I so relate to that that thing of like so many ideas and so many de- like how do these come together? <laughs> um, so I'm so glad. Yeah, I think that's the 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 repetition of the exercises definitely mm. helps with that. You know, in my workshops I do um, soul inquiry as well, and and often we'll we'll ask different questions and some will be slightly different and some will be very different and what happens it's almost like you're kind of like you're just peeling back the layers one after the other until and you know when you get to the one where it's like oh 
this is it. <laughs> and yeah, I, I love, I love, I love witnessing that. Yeah. It's like it almost refined it in like a, mm. a fresher approach. And like suddenly I could see how everything linked together. Whereas before it was kind of like, how am I going to apply that with that? Whereas now it kind of, I can see the pattern and how it flows mm. together and how it will that, mirror. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, guys, definitely do check out the book. You can find this on your website at rebeccacampbell.com. Is that right? Me. Sorry, dot com me. was taken. <laughs> it's a common name. Oh, bless. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, guys, you can find it at uh, rebeccacampbell.me. Um, we are coming towards the end of the show. It's gone so quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, did, I wanted to ask you a few more questions. Sure. And my first one is, what's your five top tips for someone who's struggling to turn on their light and kind of follow their calling? Mm. Okay, so the first one would be to do to to dedicate to showing up every day to do something that turns your light on so mm-hmm. like one thing could be meditation it could be chanting um could be dancing but show up with discipline and it can just be for 5 minutes 10 minutes doesn't have to be 3 hours but just 5 or 10 minutes a day do a some form of practice which you're like doing it to turn your light on the second one would be spend time in nature. Um, nature is the best healer I know. And also it's it's like through connecting with nature, it's almost like we kind of like inevitably like come back into its natural rhythmic flow. Mm. Um, the third one would be to do a tool I call follow what lights you up. So write mm. a list of 10 things that light you up. Um, this could be anything from like flowers to, um, salsa classes to whatever it is and, and just do 10 things and, and pick one of them to do regularly, right? Because (laughs) when you follow what lights you up, you know, so I talk about being a light worker, right? Mm -hmm. The light worker for me is anyone who's dedicated to listening to the call of their spirit, their inner light versus you know the outside world so allowing your your inner light to lead you and so when by following what lights us up what we do what we're doing is when we're lit up we light up the world around us without trying so it's less about like what can I do I need to do this thing and more about actually just just tending to your own inner light um Mm -hmm. the next one would be dancing (laughs) and it's not dancing to kind of like look good but just dancing (laughs) allowing your body to to dance you really Mm. uh the reason for this is that when we move our body in ways that we're not used to moving it what happens is it's almost like it's like our spirit can take over Mm. um and then what would my fifth one be you know at the moment for me, it's like it's singing. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's it's the expression of the soul. So mm-hmm. whether it's through chanting or just putting on, doing some karaoke. <laughs> My husband and I went karaoke the other night, the other day, and it was just so much fun. <laughs> or just like singing in the car, but anything which is going to voice, like voice the spirit within you. Yeah. So, yeah, they'd be my five top tips. I, I love those. And I, I totally relate with all of them that you, that you said, <laughs> especially with, with nature. I find that, I don't know if, mm. don't know if yourself, but when you're walking on the grass, you just feel so grounded. Like if you just take your shoes off and you walk barefooted, you just feel almost like 
you're back to you. Exactly, because we are the earth, really. Mm. And when we're particularly, if you're like me and you live in a busy city, it's like it's so easy to get lost in the, the you know, the go, go, go frequency and, you know, everyone kind of like, like God, being on the London tube, for me, it's oh just like, God. whoa, <laughs> I do not know what whose feelings are whose and if I'm feeling that or that man across there is feeling it. And so yeah. when we connect with nature, it's like we're able to like let that go and connect mm. back to our own true nature through being in nature. Yeah, absolutely. I totally relate with the tube. Like, yeah, mm. <laughs> it's it's. We need more love on the tube. I think. <laughs> absolutely. Where are you based? I'm based in London as well. So totally. Oh, whereabouts? No, yeah, I'm based in near North Greenwich. Oh right, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So you get it. <laughs> and, well, that was the thing when I did the follow what lights you up thing. Um, that's where I discovered how important flowers were to me and I'm like looking around and at that stage I didn't buy myself flowers at all yeah I was like just thinking like I had to wait for people to give them to me which is ridiculous and now I look around my room and I'm like I have flowers everywhere (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it was through through following that little trail and this is the thing about intuition it's like it's it it's like the, the intuition drops like little golden seeds along the way and our job is to like not try and analyze it before we move rather to pick up the seeds and follow the trail and so for me buying myself flowers each week then turned into me discovering how much I love particularly roses and then that led me to spend more time in nature and discover like the rose gardens of london and the royal parks of london which i'm i'm sure that you love and appreciate but for me i i haven't i hadn't spent much time in them because i was from australia and i'm used to the ocean versus Mm. the beautiful rose gardens and then through following the rose gardens i found my favorite rose garden which is in regent's park the regent's park rose garden Mm. and then that's ended up being where i wrote all of my first book And now I hadn't planned on writing a book. I just showed up with discipline to, to, to being in nature and being in the roses. And then the writing came. So this is why it's like, don't wait until you need to figure it out. Rather Mm. start following the little seeds and pick them up every day, carve that little bit of time out every day to hear the whispers and, and, and then allow yourself to be moved by them. That's the most important thing because most of the time we're, we're waiting for our intuition to make sense and for us to see the full-on uh, end-to-end plan before we act at all. Yeah, and I think what is interesting is with, with our kind of like careers before, because we've hit those goals, we kind of know, okay, this is what we've achieved. But when we're starting something new, it's kind of like we expect it to happen overnight, but we forget. Totally. <laughs> And it's scary. It's yeah. scary as well because when you're changing paths, it's just like, oh, we've already had another one. Yeah. So it's just like, well, this needs to be better. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, my experience, if you follow the little the little trail, like with discipline. Yeah. This is the thing, with discipline. It's mm. like it, it won't happen if it's just like one day you do and one day you don't. It's like dedicating yourself to being like okay, this is how I'm going to live my life. It's like flipping the switch or the, the, the order from, from leading from your mind versus leading from your heart. Now, when you lead from your heart, that doesn't mean that you 
that you – I'm talking about the intelligent heart here, not just the emotions, but the intelligent mm. heart, which is the intuition. When we lead from this, it doesn't mean dismissing the mind, not, not at all. But what it means is you're leading from there and then you're putting your mind, your logic, your reason, your drive, your willpower, etc., to work on behalf of the heart. Mm. <laughs> You've got me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's amazing. That's absolutely true, yeah. I, I can I absolutely relate with you on that. We are mm-hmm. running out of time, so my last question is, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what are you most grateful for? Mm, good question. <laughs> I think what I'm most grateful for is like living in a time where I can do the work I do now Mm. because I really get how in previous eras it wasn't as safe as it is now and particularly like in the Western world as well, like as a woman and, you know, as someone who – is dedicated to to living in that way of like following my intuition and sharing my voice and sharing my ideas and my creations in the world. I just feel so deeply grateful that I'm able to do that freely. I love that. That yeah. <laughs> that is beautiful, my dear. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your light with everybody because it's it's just powerful the work that you do. Mm, thank you so much it's been lovely to be with you and your people oh thank you what a great interview with Rebecca do check out her book because it's amazing at helping you to kind of look at where you're heading and also what your soul's purpose is on this world Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at IamGerds. That's I-A-M-G-U-R-D-S. You can find me on Facebook at Get Inspired with Gerds, where I bring you lots of inspirational, motivational quotes and tips about life. And this week, I want to leave you with this quote. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times, if only one remembers to turn on the light. Take care, and I'll see you next week. Bye.